Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have Jen, Jeff, and Goose. Everybody, welcome back to Hero Talk. Thank you. All right, today's topic... Goose, don't talk over me. (laughs) Today's topic is Daredevil Season 2 or Punisher Season 1. I'm not really sure what we should be calling it. Uh, kind of felt like both there. Uh, so let's get it out of the way right now. Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. We don't just spoil a couple of things. We don't just spoil a little bit. Everything's on the table. Everything is fair game. You've been warned. I don't believe that there are varying degrees of spoilers. I think the spoiler light is either on or it's off. And folks, the light is on. <laughs> All right. So I recently rewatched this. And by recently, I mean like started on uh, Tuesday and forced myself in about every waking moment that I could to watch episodes of Daredevil to try to get through it. <laughs> um, and I did it because when I honestly, I, I watched the whole thing when it first came out, which was not all that long ago. Yeah. And as I looked back, I thought, I don't remember any of this stuff. And I think that's probably the the most damning thing you could say about Daredevil Season 2 is that, you know, just a few weeks later, I, I just, I didn't remember anything about it. Not a thing. I used, I read the, uh, the plot summaries online, and I'm shaking my head like, I don't remember that. I have no idea what they're talking about. So I think that's probably the worst thing that you could say about Daredevil Season 2. It's not as good as Season 1, and it just doesn't stick with you like Season 1 did. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't have that problem, but uh, as I as I was saying to Jen, uh, because I've, I'm familiar with so much of the source material that this season was... I mean, I won't say based off of, but inspired by it, it kind of like each time I got to a section that I was familiar with or expecting, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. So I had a lot more, I don't know, touchstones, whatever you'd call it, I guess. So I I found it a little easier to remember. But I do agree it wasn't quite as strong as season one, certainly. No, I I would say in terms of what we've seen from the, the Netflix Marvel series, uh, Daredevil's at the top, then Jessica Jones, and I think then Daredevil season two. That sounds about right. Yeah. I don't. I mean, honestly, I still like season two more than Jessica Jones because w- there was the whole middle of the Jessica Jones season where I I got bored. And even though I totally agree this season wasn't quite as memorable as the first one, and there were episodes where looking back, I'd probably be like, I don't remember that either. There were other parts to me that made it still stronger. And I don't know. I never got bored is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, so. uh, what I found during this most recent rewatch is that there were basically two different story arcs going on over the course of the season. You had sort of the rise of the Punisher and then the hand versus the chase. Yeah. Anytime it was the Punisher, I was very into what I was seeing and really, oh, really yeah. enjoying it. Anytime it was the hand versus the chase, I was bored and just kind of hoping that it would move on. And there was a lot of just extraneous talking and explaining of stuff when mm. it came to the hand versus the chase in ways that I, it just wasn't very compelling to watch. Yeah, and I feel that way with yeah. everything uh, with Electra too, honestly. Just kind of like, yeah. eh. Electra was, uh, I think, wasted, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and especially when they, when they killed her, quote unquote, at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm not holding back. Um, first of all, that makes Nobu, uh, a kill stealer, cause that was, that was Bullseye's kill. Yeah. So, punk. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny, I've, I've been, uh, Jen and I have been having some discussions about, you know, what to expect in season three. And I was trying to get around to explaining to her about Bullseye, but I couldn't, you know, because of what you just mentioned, I couldn't go too deep into the importance of Bullseye because of, you know, the whole, yeah. that plot line. But now, 
I mean, unless he's going to kill her a second time. <laughs> She's just going to keep know. taking sides to the chest is what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, and I get, look, there was a big twist. I don't know why I'm dancing around it. The, the, one, of the, one of the big twists in season one was that Ben Urich died unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, and he, I suppose they had to have a twist in season two as well. But So you're just I, waiting for that person to die who you don't think is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, here they are. They've kind of, when they do eventually introduce Bullseye and, I'd be kind of disappointed if they don't, because he's an important Daredevil villain. Now you gotta wonder what's his climax. What, what's his climax of his of his story, if if not killing off Elektra? I I don't know. Yeah. So uh, I mean, basically at this point, I think Karen Page and Foggy have the target on their chest for Bullseye. <laughs> I mean, cause, I cause, as soon as this happened, I was thinking, uh oh, the only people who they could hit with any impact would be either Karen or Foggy. The, yeah. yeah. Can't happen. No. Can't. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, once, once they killed Ben Yurick, they kind of said, "Hey, I, I, you know, they, they kind of pulled the, the the hero talks warning. They're like, all the characters are on the table. Everybody's fair game. You've been warned." Karen is oh, definitely no. on the table. I'm not going to say anything more than that. But she she yeah. is definitely on the table. Karen is definitely on the table. Yeah. Okay. Was yeah. that a comic book spoiler? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, it, it was. Yeah. Now we say spoiler. That comic is like 15 years old. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, true. Okay. And um, to be honest, like it, at one point, it used to be like, well, if you read the comics, you shouldn't spoil it. But then again, they killed Yurik, and Yurik's never died. So at this yeah. point, it's yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's true. Yeah. You know, we also said, hey, Bullseye kills Elektra, and Elektra ends up dying from some other person altogether. So mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. I don't think anything that happens in the comics really has any major impact on what we're going to see in Daredevil season three. To be perfectly honest, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I'm sure that whatever it is, like the first two seasons, there'll be some there'll be a basic. Plot plot outline story um through line that will be probably inspired by uh, you know main stories from the the past but expect a lot of deviations i think that's what we we, we've seen so far and we should expect to see that again yeah Um, i mean i prefer the deviations and i've I've said this about some other uh, comic book movies we've done is that i i've I've read the comic books so i don't just want to see that same thing i've just read but this time in motion yeah i kind of want to see something different so i'm all about adaptions and I mean, thus far, I think Daredevil has done a very good job of that in terms of sort of taking the people from the comic books, but then like putting some twist and spin on them that's new and different. I I I happen to like Karen in the Daredevil series, and I was not a Karen Page fan in the comics at all. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that uh, that they've managed to make her more likable, and not that she was. I I don't and I don't think you mean that she was someone that you hated in the comics. She just didn't. She didn't. You didn't have strong feelings about her one way or the other. Yeah, most people. And Ellen Pompeo Um, brought nothing to the character. I'm I'm blanking on that reference. Was Ellen, Ellen Ellen Pompeo played Karen Page in the the Daredevil movie. Oh, that's right. Yes. She did really. Yeah. She did. Yeah. Now, yeah. like in the theatrical version, ninety percent of her part was cut. Ah. So I think she yeah. had when when they finally finished cutting all the part down, she had one speaking line in the entire flick. Yeah. Yeah. So little that I didn't even remember it. I got to get around to watching that uh, director's cut. That's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I also uh, very briefly just to get myself familiar with is I. I did a, a real quick rundown of the Electra movie. Uh, so here's something I completely forgot when we were talking about season one, is that you know who played Stick in the Electra movie? No. Terrence Stamp. Oh, wow. Really? Zod. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's he's the right age. I, I can picture it, but... Uh, huh. 
Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I kind of wish they just brought him back. Like, I, don't I know, know it I, doesn't I work, like but Scott Glenn. <laughs> yeah, I I don't like Scott Glenn. I I found I liked Stick better when it was Terrence Stamp. Yeah, they they've gone kind of hard into like super harsh territory with uh, with Stick. I, I I liked him more in this season than I did in season one. But oh, it, much it better took, in this season. Yeah, it, it took a while. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess that's a creative choice. And also they, they, uh, not to rehash, uh, the first, uh, podcast we did too much, but they, they brought in, you know, the whole father figure thing into the show that wasn't there in the comics. So it is a different take on stick, uh, even though I do like the portrayal, but yeah, there was never that, uh, I, I see you as a father figure thing because in the comics, uh, he was already a young man when he met stick and, you know, there wasn't this abandonment stuff going on too, but it's an interesting take. Yeah. So before we get too far into the cast and all the different characters, I think there's a couple of things that I need to address up front here. And again, I'm me. I can't help how I watch these things. I can't help where my <laughs> mind goes. But I don't understand the timeline of this movie because they start us in the middle of a heat wave in summer. And then about uh, over the course of the 13 episodes, I I would try to especially pay attention to it this time. It seems like we maybe only had a month or two of stuff happen. And then all of a sudden it's Christmas. And I'm left thinking, like, so, Hmm. I mean, when, when is all this stuff happening? Like, I thought it was summertime. You know, they're in the middle of this giant heat wave, and then all of a sudden it's snowing one day. What What is yeah. happening? Well, you know, and it's funny, uh, and I think Jen and I both picked up on this. Do you remember how they contrived the fact that the, the trial would happen really, really quickly? Yes. Yeah. In, in any other, like, weekly TV series, they would use that as the way to fast-forward time, right? Right. Because cause in real life, court stuff takes time to get going. But they, for, for whatever reason, they didn't go that route. And it and what, was a week, the next week the trial was going to yeah, start? they said they said it starts next week. So because that was my thought, but then there's there's a yeah. line of dialogue specifically about like the trial starts next week. I'm like, nope. Yeah. So the whole thing takes place. I mean, it doesn't seem like the trial goes especially long because you know he yells at Matt for not showing up for one thing, yells at him for not showing up for another thing. And then Punisher has his breakdown, then the trial's over, then he goes to jail, then he's out, like, the next day. Mm. <laughs> it, so, like, it really seemed like it was maybe a week or two yeah. over the course of the whole thing, maybe a month if you're being generous, and... All of a sudden, it's winter time, and in fact, not even winter. It's straight up Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I honestly yeah. didn't catch that, any of that. Hmm. Again, that's how I, I watched the these weather. things. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, so that's that's the first timeline discrepancy <laughs> I found. The second one, and this one's a pretty big one. So, if you recall, in season one, they very well established that when Foggy and Matt meet each other for the first time when they join law school, mm-hmm. the year is 2010. It's on Foggy's computer. He's registering for fall 2010 classes after he's already in his dorm room, which is kind of weird. You normally would be registered for class before you got there, but <laughs> yeah, neither here nor there. So then when we have our, our Electra flashback, it says 10 years ago. All right. So 10 years ago takes us to Foggy and Matt crashing a party approximately five years before they met for the first time. Hmm. Yeah. There's no yeah. way around that. That's just straight up somebody didn't do the somebody didn't do the math right. Yeah. They they I'm, forgot about the continuity. I'm going to assume that they made the mistake in the first place with that form registration because I think it makes more sense to me that that was 10 years in the past. The timeline works better if it was 10 years in the past that they met each other at the at at law school 
But uh, they did, I mean, straight up show it in season one. And so I I would say if you were going to pick one and say this is the one, you you have to pick season two. Because the season one, even I mentioned it in the season one podcast that I thought the timeline was a little rushed for. They met each other. They graduated law school. They had internships. Then they got jobs. And then somehow Matt is supposed to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 years old because he was trained by Stick at nine. And then Mm -hmm. they establish a good 20 years of no contact. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just those were two significant discrepancies that I noticed. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I I never remember looking at that computer screen. So that uh, that was Neither lost on me. It was a good pickup. Yeah. When you say this is how I watch these things, do you mean like really up close to the screen with a magnifying glass? Is that what <laughs> no, I mean like I make mental notes of things like that when I see them. Like if they if they give me something to establish a time, like a time of year of of a date, uh, I remember that because then I, I also went to in my head like, well, maybe this is not really set in 2015 or 16. Maybe it's like further in the future. Mm. But then they've they've in canon put Avengers the movie as of happening in I think 2000. 14 mm-hmm. or maybe even 2013 something like that and in the daredevil first season they say that the event was one year ago yeah so they planted daredevil season one in like 2014 15 time frame so and then they've also established that it's only been a matter of months between daredevil season one and daredevil season two so it, when you when you run the timeline there's just something just didn't didn't really mesh there and that's again it's how i watch these things so yeah. i notice why do they do that to themselves why why don't they just say the present day and say five years ago i like what what is it that they think they're going to do for the audience by actually grounding it in real dates like this obviously obviously isn't our world uh why and you know why why pin yourself down i mean all you're going to do is you're going to end up as a uh, as a point on a podcast like this someday by by <laughs> making a continuity here yeah it doesn't add anything to me by knowing that it happened in 2013 or whatever i just look at what type of cell phones they have basically that tells me what year it is yeah i think they do it just to spite me <laughs> <laughs> just you personally me personally yeah. Yeah. yeah i think they got really mad about all the nitpicking i did on jessica jones yeah. and so they're like oh check this out we're gonna mess with this guy yeah all right so let's we're gonna we're gonna go into the cast here uh now fortunately we've talked about a lot of these people already so we don't really need to talk about any people that we've already talked about although i did figure out who foggy was from uh the mighty ducks uh he was one of the bash brothers the guy with the dark hair who hit the really hard puck who shattered gordon bombay's window and then he he grabbed him and he had him play hockey yeah i'm not really familiar with mighty ducks so maybe i have to have to defer to jen what you hadn't seen it either no no a goose can you help me out here goose mighty ducks oh i know exactly who he's talking about yeah (laughs) thank you though i find i find it ironic that the girl from la has not seen the mighty ducks (laughs) i know right yeah all right so let's see who else is new the big one all right this is the one we Ah. we even talked about him last podcast it was so big uh john bernthal as as frank castle or Mm. or the punisher now he's now the fourth person I've seen play the Punisher in live action. Wow. So the other three being Dolph Lundgren, Tom Jane, and Ray Stevenson. Uh, this was by far the best, not not even by a narrow margin. And I like Tom Jane's Punisher. 
uh, Dolph Lundgren was exactly what you would expect it to be. And <laughs> Ray Stevenson played him really comic booky. But this was the first time, I mean, in in the Tom Jane Punisher movie, you actually get to see his family killed. And I still yeah. didn't feel the same emotional connection as I felt when John Bernthal just talks about the Punisher's family being killed. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, and there was, I got to say, rewatching it, when he's talking about his family, those scenes are hard to watch. I mean, oh, just yeah. from an emotional level, like there was at one point uh, when he's in the graveyard with Daredevil kind of describing uh, the one batch, two batch, penny and dime. Yeah. I uh, I had to pause it and regain my composure because it was just it was starting to become a little emotionally too much. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, this is I way too much. Let me just take a step back here, take a breath, compose myself and finish watching it because it was it was a very powerful performance. And yeah. nobody has ever really humanized the Punisher like that before. Yeah, no, he he was perfect, and and I I was skeptical because I I prior to this I don't know about you guys, but the only thing I'd ever seen John Barenthal in was uh, in season one of The Walking Dead, and yeah. while I hate the character that he's playing. I didn't really care for the performance. I, there was nothing. There was nothing where I pointed to it and went, "Hmm." But he looks perfect. And the moment I I heard that, I was like, "Well, if they cast it on looks alone, he's perfect." You know, like when I think of what Frank Castle is supposed to look like in my head, there's no way he was going to be able to pu- pull it off. But man, this guy's got some acting chops. Like you're you're exactly right. That humanizing. That he did uh, that, and uh, you, you were able to root for him in, in a lot of scenes too. Uh, that that scene where he goes into the pawn shop, yeah, that that could have gone oh, a yeah. lot of different ways. But I, I think that <laughs> I yeah. think the performance uh, added added to that, and you know, it, there was a part of you, even though you know he's you know sort of the uh, one of the villains of the, of the story, so to speak, where. Yeah, you could you could get behind him <laughs> in certain parts too. Yeah, I mean there was uh, yeah. I, I was very uncomfortable the times I found myself rooting for him to do the bad. I mean, I was it was very interesting for me because I I I don't like the Punisher a lot as a character and I blame a lot of because he's portrayed horribly in the comic books and they even mm-hmm. address this a little bit in in the series that in the comics he's always uh, almost always portrayed as like like an absolutely crazy, insane, PTSD, shell-shocked, like crazy Marine, yeah. which is yeah. a, a terrible, terrible stereotype to play into. And I think any time that should be, it's brought up, then the comics should personally apologize for it. It's disgusting. And even to the point where when, when Frank Castle's on trial in the series and they try to bring up PTSD, he even says, yeah. no, you're not. You are not going to disrespect the people with PTSD like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not me. I'm that, that that's not my, that's not my situation. Yeah, yeah. That's not me. That's not who I am. So don't try to pick the low hanging fruit to sell your case. You know, yeah. and it's, it's almost was a very scathing editorial on the Punisher writers. Yeah. I, I much prefer when they uh, when they portray him as a uh, ying to Daredevil's yang, if yes. you know what I mean. That's right. where where he's not insane. He's just extremely ruthless, assured that he's his way is the only way, and willing to go that much step further. I mean that line about you know I'm you after a bad day. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know if that line was ever in the comics, but damn, it should be if, if it yeah, hasn't it been. very well could be, to be honest. I mean, it's, yeah. and now I've, I have not read very much Punisher solo stuff, so I don't know if, like, maybe you get a loving writer who actually cares about the character 
they're able to do better. I mean, most of the time I see Punisher, he's either paired with uh, Daredevil or paired with Captain America or paired yeah. with, I saw the Archie crossover, by the way. That was, yeah. that's something that should never have happened in comic books. <laughs> I've... <laughs> I can't. That's, is that a real thing? Yes, there there was there. That's a real thing. There was an Archie oh Punisher God. crossover comic. That is absolutely real. Wow. Oh my God. Well, I've heard that Punisher Warzone is is good, and I, and I have no, I don't know anything about it. I'm I'm assuming that if it's that beloved, it's not just a typical crazy marine story. I, I'm I'm told it's one of the m- more beloved sort of Punisher storylines, and uh, I can say having read Daredevil for most of the last twenty years. There's more than a few great appearances within Daredevil's continuity, particularly uh, a storyline where he busts Daredevil out of jail that uh, I won't spoil, but that is that is just pure awesomeness. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I would say in terms of the additions to the cast, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but you know, in terms of the additions for this season, I'd say he takes the cake in terms of the, he stole uh, yeah. every scene he was in, he yeah. stole, I yeah. mean, no matter what performance anyone else was giving all eyes were on Ron Frank Castle. He just yeah. took it. He was even really dominant, uh, in that scene with, Fi- uh, with Fisk too, wasn't he? Like <laughs> he, he was, even when he's talking to Fisk, like over in the, in the courtyard, it was still like, I kind of get the feeling Frank Castle's in charge of the situation. (laughs) And let me tell you, Vincent D'Onofrio is an actor that it's very hard to get eyes away from. Yeah. I hated their little fight scene, though. I will say, I hated it. Really? Well, here's here's my issue with it. The, the Kingpin doesn't move fast. Yeah. He's, he's not a quick guy. And a lot of times when he goes to throw a series of punches, uh, Punisher didn't move, didn't prepare himself, didn't flinch, didn't put his hands up, didn't do anything, mm. and just sat there and took the punches. And I just I just don't get it. It made the, the fight really... It took me out of it. Because mm. when there's only reason he wouldn't be moving like that is because he's a stunt guy and he's just prepping to, you know, <laughs> pretend to take the shot. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, and I get it, he's in handcuffs. It shouldn't be that hard to show Kingpin, t- you know, Kingpin only has to, like, punch him twice, once to wrap up his hands in the handcuffs, and the other time to punch him in the face. And you only have, he's the Kingpin, for crying out loud. You only got to do that once, and I'll buy that he can then pick him yeah. up, throw him on a table, and start punching him in the face repeatedly. But the fact that, you know, he would, they would in that brawl, and then every time, like, Punisher would take his shots, the Kingpin would throw this, this haymaker that he telegraphed from three zip codes away, <laughs> and Punisher would stand there completely statuesque and not even flinch and take the punch. It really, it really drew me out of it. It was yeah. horribly choreographed. For That's a what... series that has such great fight scenes, it was awfully contrived by comparison to some yeah. other ones. Now, I always took that to mean when I watched that scene that Frank just was didn't care about blocking. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's what it felt like, but although it, it made it kind of weird that he would like throw the punches, but then just sit there and take the. I don't know. And plus, you have to remember that we were maybe ten minutes away from the scene where Frank Castle had to fight all those prisoners in that hallway. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we just saw him, like, basically <laughs> just be super killing crazy machine, and and then all of a sudden he's just standing still. I mean, you can't you can't go from being super fighter to punching bag. Mm. But anyway, uh, so I, that's John Bernthal as Frank Castle who stole it. So our our other addition, 
was a, a Lodi Young, and I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Uh, as French actress. Yeah, she's French, born in Paris, uh, of Cambodian and French descent, playing Electra Nachios. Playing a Greek girl. <laughs> as well, I mean, more believable lunch. than Jennifer Gardner playing the Greek girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew her. Uh, the last time I saw her in anything, she played Jinx in the G.I. Joe Retaliation movie. Anybody else see that? No? Wow, okay, so huge ex- huge expectations then coming in. <laughs> uh, she was okay in it. I mean, Jinx was a character I liked from the G.I. Joe cartoons and comic runs, so uh, I wasn't disappointed, but I mean, it's she obviously gets a chance to kind of flex her acting chops a little more here yeah. that she did in G.I. Joe. Uh, she did fine. Um, of course, she had a really, really low bar set for her, so I don't really know how she wouldn't have. Uh, yeah. I, I realize I have read so very, very little of Electra. Like, mm. I'm trying to remember what comic books I had read with Electra that I could compare her performance to, and I, I really don't have any. I think the last time I read of Electra in a comic book was back when the Hand had kidnapped Wolverine and brainwashed him, and he chased Electra on the rooftop once. And then they zap her, but then it turns out she was a scroll the whole time or something like that. <laughs> okay. Com- comics got weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely certain what, how she compared with Electra in the comics, but I didn't like her in terms of I didn't like Electra personally. Yeah. Well, and I think then, maybe I wasn't. I think that's to. right. Yeah. I, I think then, then that I would say she, she's meant to be a villain. It's meant to be a bad girl, basically, for lack of a yeah. better word. I mean, and I she could be cool I, and and good fighter and stuff, but ultimately, she's not going to be an endearing character. No, and in fact, when Matt was with her, I liked him less. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and and that's I fair. I think that's what they were going for, honestly, because it, it really seemed like they made him when he was when he's with her, both in college and you know, and as Daredevil now, he's he's a terrible human being. I mean, even she doesn't actually, you know, really develop as a human until about 15 minutes before she gets a side place through her heart. Yeah. Which yeah, took yeah, like a champ. That took her a while to die after being basically deaded. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think they got the portrayal pretty, pretty right. Now, what I, what I'm not aware of, cause I, and I've probably only read slightly more Electra stuff than you is, I'm not, I'm not, uh, th- this whole Black Sky thing. No, this is brand new. That has nothing, okay. that's, that's not from the comics. Yeah. That's, I, I, I'm not aware whether or not she was actually born hand property or not. I know that she definitely had tons of involvement with the hand. Uh, and has probably jumped the, the 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 fence there a few times over the continuity of that storyline. But yeah, that black sky stuff was. I, I yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that was new. Um, right down to the you know her yeah. origin story. You know, I didn't really understand the whole black sky thing because they made it seem in in the last season like black skies were all kind of not really all over the place, but there was multiple black skies. They were some mm-hmm. phenomena that you would come across, and so they would try to bring them in for their rituals or whatever. But then with Electra, they kind of, it really felt like they were playing it like, there is one black sky, we worship it, you are the, they don't even say yeah. you're a black sky, they say you're the black sky. And that was, yeah. it was really odd to me, because then like, I, I really had to just shake my shoulder, shake my head and say, I don't know what a black sky is. Like, you've lost me completely. Yeah. I, I, in, in season one, uh, Jen and I were watching it, and, 
when I when I realized they were going with the whole hand angle, I just assumed that Black Sky and, and Sticks doesn't Sticks say something like that thing isn't human. Yes. I just assumed that they were going for the whole demon angle that is kind of in the background. With, yeah, because the, the, the hand are always doing demony stuff. I don't really yeah. know how else to say that, but yeah, you know. So, but so you're right. So the change from A to V was a bit jarring, given that you know one was killed <laughs> just yeah. last season. So. Um, I still want to know what that hole is. I mean, I'm just assuming there's demons down there, but it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice I'm just presuming it's a there. hole to hell. Why not? There's. <laughs> yeah. In Hell's Kitchen, no less. In Hell's Kitchen. Well, that's why they picked it. The hand are nothing if not ironic. Yeah. We need this building in Hell's Kitchen, and it has to be addressed 666. We're serious. <laughs> Please get us that building. We, you, you don't know how literal we like to be here with the hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Now, I, I really, I'm, I'm really hoping that we're not seeing the hand being set up as like the main villain for the defenders. Because if Daredevil season two has taught me anything, it's the hand cannot carry a season of anything as the villain. I was by the end, and this is, this is horrible. This is kind of pretty scathing to say about the series is that I was bored of seeing people fight ninjas. And I should <laughs> never be bored of seeing Daredevil no. fight ninjas. But no. by the end, I'm just like, oh, some more ninjas. Great. Anytime they showed up, I sighed. I'm just like, uh, great more ninjas mm. yeah i i'm hoping that they steer away from that for a while um i'm, I'm actually hoping gao comes back in season three i and, i wanted to see more of gao i was so excited to see madam gao show up mm. yeah no I'm, I'm sure they will bring her back i mean they're, they're building her up slowly but surely so it'd be kind of a waste not to yeah no i'm i'm with you on that one i mean she's she's an original character that seems to sort of everyone likes so I, I I don't really know why they would be building her up like this if she didn't do something other than I don't know. It, it, I I'm mean, it was... she has a huge role in the uh, Iron Fist series. I hope so. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome if if that's where they went with it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really kind of hoping that this whole hand thing gets resolved in Iron Fist and that there's a different major villain for the defenders to fight. Hmm. Because I well I I'm just worried. I don't know what's going to happen with Wilson, Wilson Fisk eventually cuz he's going to get out of prison now that he he likes being called the Kingpin now. Mm-hmm. That was a fun scene when when the guy came up and said there's only room for one Kingpin. I'm like, "Oh, you shouldn't have said Kingpin." <laughs> you should not have said Kingpin. That won't end end well for you now. Yeah, that that'll end with you uh dying in a in a hospital bed while he's having steak <laughs> yeah <laughs> drinking wine out of his little plastic cup. <laughs> yeah. so another new character we got in season two uh so we got steven Ryder, who played blake tower who's uh he's, he's an attorney from the comic books yeah I, and i didn't remember it's funny i heard the name a, a, a couple of times before I, I i finally realized oh wait this is this is the guy from the comics that yeah. they're referring to that works in the in that office so mm-hmm. now i don't remember the da name so no i i think the, i think they yeah. just made her up so she could be cannon fodder for uh <laughs> for uh the colonel or whoever that i'm trying was. to remember the colonel see here's the problem is that the 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 colonel was played by yeah colonel ray schoonover he's played by clancy brown yeah, yeah. which is I, te- which is the ultimate telegraph <laughs> for right. any fan of clancy brown <laughs> yeah almost he shows up I'm like oh well that won't end well for anybody but i mean <laughs> I know Clancy Brown and so much other stuff. And most yeah. recently, he's been on The Flash, and he plays uh, General Wade Eiling. A villain? A, a villain, yeah. So <laughs> I found in my head, anytime I saw him, I was kind of thinking of General Eiling. Yeah. It was, so it was very, it was very weird to say, Schoonover. Like, Schoonover. Oh, yeah. No, I guess that's his name here, because he's... 
he's a different guy and in that and plus he was the voice of Lex Luthor for a while and he was he was the 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 bad uh prison captain in Shawshank Redemption I, I think the closest games. thing to a good guy role he ever played was he was the drill instructor in Starship Troopers That's and- not true he was Mr. Crab in SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry Excuse me <laughs> I'm sorry uh, and of course I always think of him as the Kurgan as well uh which reminds me there's a hero talk uh, Highlander 1 the only passable <laughs> Highlander movie yeah. There can be only one. And yes. I, I can probably point out, as long as we're talking about Clancy Brown, uh, that he also played Constable Miles on Sophia the First on Disney Junior, so you can take a shot. <laughs> oh my <everybody>. goodness. Shots. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long time since I've been able to work a Disney Junior reference into one. So. Wow. Now did you just do that one organically right now or did you have that saved up? I, I knew he was <laughs> Clancy Brown's one of those guys where I sort of know a lot of the voices that he's done, so I was just kinda waiting for a, a natural time I could drop that in the podcast, yes. <laughs> Anyone else new we've forgotten? I'm I'm trying I'm to think there's any I mean, we didn't mention Reyes and I kinda feel bad. Um yeah, so Reyes, uh played by Michelle Hurd. Uh Michelle Hurd. I've I've seen her in other stuff. She uh I believe she was on Law and Order SVU for a while. I don't think she played the the, the DA though, which is I suppose a waste, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you look over her IMDb, she's on Hawaii Five-0. Uh, and apparently she was in an episode of Jessica Jones. Really? Do you remember her from that? I assume she was playing the same character. Yeah, the same character. The, she was the DA from Jessica. I don't. I do not remember her showing up at all. Um, speaking of Jessica Jones. Uh... The the allusion to um, that the law firm that Jessica Jones works with there was interesting and seeing yeah. Foggy and like basically it looks like he's going to go work for them. I'm, I, I mean he's going to be not... a partner. I mean they yeah. you know they really brought him <laughs> in. Uh, Jerry Hogarth played by uh, well, Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, thank yeah. you. I almost yeah. said Kate Moss and that was way wrong. <laughs> yeah, way wrong. Carrie Ann Moss showed up again. Uh, so apparently uh, Marcy uh, Foggy's girlfriend there went to work for them after uh, the evil kingpin owned place shut down so i can't remember the name of the firm <laughs> i don't re- i can't even remember the name Z- of the Z- firm Zidler that and zach or something layman layman and zach something like that i don't know I, I like i can't even remember the name of the new firm it's like hg and l or something like that now hg and lf i guess i don't know it's kind of a mouthful but in a good way so foggy said it's fun. Uh, all right uh, is there anyone else new we've forgotten i i don't think that's anyone new i mean that's yeah. trying to think if there's anybody else that we that we really need to talk about uh, i mean i i did uh it was interesting that they expanded and he's not new obviously but newspaper guy who i'm i'm sorry i can't remember his newspaper name guy. Uh, <laughs> newspaper guy of course the newspaper. Uh, he, they obviously expanded his character quite a bit uh and a different take on him from season one where he oh the, really, the the editor guy yeah yeah, yeah mitchell ellison uh jeffrey cantor plays him yeah uh, very likable well, I like yeah him. compared to season one anyway he was not like oh, yeah. well in season one they really tried to make you wonder whether or not he was in the kingpin's pocket the whole time totally yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I had no issue with him. I do think that he maybe lets Karen get away with stuff that he doesn't let other writers get away with. And that article that he apparently lets her publish that was her narration over the end of the story was some kind of pandering fluff that would never actually make the front page of a real newspaper. Mm. You know, I want 2,000 words. She's like, you want to see a hero? Look in the mirror. And I'm like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> 
I, I mean, I did like that voiceover, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. I, and that, I think that's one of those things that you just kind of have to look at it and go, well, it's a TV show. Again, set in a comic and again, without, without spoiling too much about the potential future for Karen Page and just without saying any, any more, they could go real dark with Karen. If, if using the comics as, as a background, mm-hmm. they could go real dark with her. They have to do more with her than she was in the comics, at least to start. Because she was a pretty boring character just as a yep. secretary at a law firm. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have to do more. You're, if you're going to have Deborah and Maul or Wall on the show, you can't just waste her being right, comic Karen Page because comic Karen Page didn't do a whole hell of a lot until her life started to go off the rails. Yes. So it, they kind of need to do more with her. And if, if, if that means taking the de facto Ben Urick role, then so be it, I guess. Yeah. So you know who else? Uh, he came back, but I, I think they did a lot more with him, and I liked him much better in this uh, for the second season. Uh, Matt Gerald as uh, Gladiator, uh, Melvin Potter. Yes, yeah. I yeah. liked him so much more. This, I mean, like they really tried to play up the idiot part of the character in the first <laughs> yeah. season, and in this season, yeah. he's much more competent. He's he's not. I mean, you don't. They, they didn't try to make him as as bumbling i guess mm. i mean they they he, he's a he's a competent person you know he he creates the little weird grappling hook thing that daredevil was all about and thought was was wonderful and he he gave him he also was the one who figured out that the punisher could have killed him if he wanted to yeah yeah you know, when he looked at the at the helmet and yeah you know he's he's clearly an engineering genius i'm gonna make a bold prediction I, and maybe it's not that bold but i think they're going to have a falling out I, I, I think that I think that given that they've built up the fact that he is the gladiator, basically, it means mm-hmm. that they're they're going to work on that on him and Daredevil falling out at some point. It, it's just yeah. uh, given given the history of the comics, it's just too juicy, I think, for them to pass up. I, I guarantee something will happen to Betsy or whatever, and then yeah, that's be, that's be... my worry is that Betsy Betsy's gonna have something happen to her. Also, just to point out, just because it's funny, uh, he was also in GI Joe Retaliation. <laughs> Oh, God. Is that a shot or – no, wait. That's Disney. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Disney Jr. is a shot. We, we're not going to do anything when I mention G.I. Joe retaliation. But Except put our face in our hands. Put our face but, in our hands. Yeah. Just wonder why. I, but anyway, I liked him much better in season two. All right. So let's hit this some – This will happen in season three. Bullseye kills Betsy. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Don't, wow. don't, don't put that on us. <laughs> All right, so now let's talk about some of the story in no particular order, uh, because I'm all over the place on this. And so as, as long as we're now going to talk story points and some action scenes and highlights, I think the very first thing that I need to point out be, before we, we get too much into the, the Punisher and what he's doing is how ridiculous was that stupid fight between Electra and the Frenchman in that airport? Yeah, that was... Uh... That was pretty... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, did you notice this? this? This was... I noticed it the first time, and it was even worse the second time. Is You know, they're having their conversation. They're in... It's, an, it's a private little airstrip, but there's mm-hmm. people working on planes, and there's stuff going on, and they're at a bar that's banned at a private airstrip, which was already kind of weird. It's not like this was an airport terminal. Mm. I mean, they were basically... Like, guys were gassing planes and, you know, performing pre-maintenance checks, and she's there drinking her drink. Mm. And then they, they cut away to daredevil doing something i don't know and when they cut back to the fight between the frenchman and electra there is not a living soul in sight in this entire place it is empty 
I mean, check the background. There's not a, another person there. They're fighting in a completely empty hangar. I'm like, well, did all these people run away? Because they wouldn't have just run away at that. There'd be people there calling the police. Some people would be trying to break it up. Somebody would be still around in the background somewhere doing something. So the fact that the place was just deserted was really, really odd for me. Mm. And then at the very end, difficult to change that, like, like make it so that their fight took place in a slightly more private area or something. It was a weird choice. They're they're fighting over and on top of the planes. And so then we end. All right. So (laughs) it's the end of the fight. She stabs him and she's all like, tell the hand to, to not come after me. And then Frenchie decides, like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go ahead and reveal everything that's going on now. It's almost like he's like, well, I'm going to die anyway. I'm not, I'm not keeping anybody's secret. Like, the the people from the hand, they would rather die than reveal, like, the secrets of who sent them. But this French guy was just like, no, Stick sent me. Yeah, no, he's at this address. Yeah, show up after 9. If you show up before 9, he's going to be out. Yeah. He usually keeps a key tucked under one of the plants. <laughs> of the, you know, like... Yeah. This is yeah. why you don't send French assassins, man. Yeah. <laughs> the dialogue that they were having up until that fight scene was also very, very trying on my patience because it's it was written by people who you know probably don't have conversations like that, but imagine that's what well-to-do wealthy people talk about, and it was just it was it was just awkward and weird, and so I just don't understand why he would decide to call her out and be like, "Oh, I thought you were Electra." Like, really? She was kind of falling for what you were doing. Probably could have waited for her to have her guard down before you decided to announce your intentions to her. Maybe you could have, I don't know, just like knifed her in the back. She wasn't paying attention, wasn't mm. expecting you. Do you really have to come down, have a conversation, be like, FYI, uh, just to let you know. I'm I'm about to try to kill you. If you could uh, please ready yourself, <laughs> you can do this. Just seems like the chased aren't very good at killing people. Mm. All right, then. Appreciate your input. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know what to add to it. Sorry, I was I was fumbling with the mute button there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, like I said, there was two main stories going on here, and I suppose we should probably kind of look at them individually. And so we're going to start with the bad one. Um, that was the chase versus the hand. I don't like the hand as as the enemy. They didn't work in the Electra movie. They don't quite work here, and I'm I'm so scared they're going to be the Defenders bad guys. Um. I mean, there were some parts that were kind of creepy, like when they find all those people being drained in the basement. Oh, uh, God, yeah. That, w- that was that was a little haunting to see. Yeah. You don't want to talk about creepy. What about that hospital scene with the, the that like the village of the damned scene with those kids? Oh, that was, that was a little messed up. <laughs> However, th- that was getting right about the time when I got kind of sick of just seeing ninjas show up. Yeah. And this the whole idea, and this this came up a couple of times that like they mask their heartbeats so Matt can't hear them. Like people make noise outside of their heartbeats. You know what I mean? Like they're wearing loose clothing. He can probably hear that. And the Affleck Daredevil, as long as there was any ambient noise, he could probably figure out what was going on in the room with him. Yeah. I mean, at one point, like he even made noise so that he could see what was going on because everyone else was being quiet. Yeah. So you would think as long as something else was happening. And then the fact that he's listening to their weapons, not like the sounds of their clothes. And then even get to that final fight scene where they, like, then they, re- they figured out somehow that he was listening in on their weapons. I don't know how that was stupid, <laughs> but they, they figure that out again somehow. And so he just gets pounded until Stick tells him, you know, they're breathing, right? And I, yeah. I, I remember, I was really wondering where they were going to go for it. Like, so what are they going to do? How is he going to overcome? Oh, he just wasn't listening to them breathing. Oh no, he deserved to get his butt kicked. <laughs> yeah, like why wouldn't he? Why, why wouldn't you be listening? It wasn't them. them out thinking him. He was just an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you, just, you have to be stupid to to just to be like, well, I can't hear a heartbeat. Guess I'll just take some punches. 
<laughs> you know, even the punches should have told him where they were at, if you're being perfectly honest. Like, you know, people tr- literally who don't have superpowers do train to fight people by knowing where to go after them based on being hit. That's an actual fighting training technique. Yeah. This is a guy who basically has dedicated his life to, like, the next level of that, and yet he's just taking the punches going, oh, I can't hear heartbeats, so I'm just gonna go ahead and get punched in the face a lot. <laughs> So yeah, it was, it just made for the action scenes to be really, really, I don't know, it was really strained. And because like everyone's supposed to be ninjas here, it was, uh, there was a lot more choreography and almost, uh, dance-like showmanship in their fights yeah. than you'd see when Daredevil fights like the Dogs of Hell or, yeah, or Punisher, you know? It was just, it was more theatrical. And then that was, I mean, that was the last fight of the series. The big finale crescendo climax of fight was just, ah, it's a whole bunch of ninjas. I don't really know what's going on. They just went for the wide shot and everyone's doing all of this, all of this dancing and people are falling down and, yeah. I did like that they threw Punisher in in the middle of it, oh, though. That was kind I kind of nice wanted him to do more at the end of it, though. Like, yeah. Especially because, so he shoots the, the ninja in the head, and then it was kind of funny when Matt just decided, like, oh, then I don't have to worry about these guys anymore, and just walks right past him, <laughs> just yeah. taking him down. Yeah. But then it, it just, it kind of struck me as, you know, here's Matt, like, don't kill. We don't kill. No killing. No killing. And then he gets to the end, he's like, ah, uh, you know what? It's really more of a guideline than a... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they did punch him in the face. Maybe at that point he's like, well, you punched yeah. me in the face, he can shoot you it's fine so and now as long as we're on this last fight this is a good point having just watched it a few hours ago (laughs) so the whole point was that matt wants to get by like the four saved up ninjas that were just watching this whole time and so now that he can get past them and he can get to to nobu so he can't escape he just fights him a little bit and then he just kind of tosses him off the roof yeah and you're like well you know that's not gonna first of all either you thought you killed him in which case good job or you knew that wasn't going to kill him. And what didn't he have that whole speech a couple episodes ago about he can't become a martyr. He needs to rot in a cell so people know that their super holy man is just a man. Yeah. And then he just throws him off a roof and he's like, well, I'm done. Honestly, that just felt like he was basically saying, see you next season. <laughs> yeah. And then Stick ruined it and cut his head off. <laughs> Oh, I kind of like that, though. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I like when Stick did it. I mean, but it was... it. I don't know what Daredevil's final motivation there was. The whole point was that he wanted to bring him in and jail him so that he could rot in a cage and the hand could realize that, you know, their guy isn't... They're not outside the law. And then he just throws him off the roof and that's that. And, you know, the Punisher's like, well, okay then. I'll <laughs> see you in my own series next time, everybody. <laughs> yeah. See, Daredevil was too hazy to remember the mission. Yeah. <laughs> Really glad my skull fit so nicely on this bulletproof vest I found. <laughs> I loved once he had that on. He looked so cool. <laughs> did. I mean, like, when did. I saw the vest, I'm like, oh, I can even see the skull on it right now. Hmm. That's that's just good timing right there. Yeah. Yeah, I was interested. I, I was curious to find out when they were eventually going to work that symbol onto the suit. Somehow, yeah, I mean, because yeah. his skull was all over the place. In an x-ray, that does not look like an actual x-ray of a skull. Skull x-rays don't look like that with the narrow, like, the narrow face part and the larger head part. That's just yeah. because it's the, the Punisher symbol. <laughs> but, I mean, at least they found a way to make the skull kind of part of, because that's the hardest part of the Punisher, is making the skull work with the character. It was really strained in Tom Jane. Um, I don't think that, uh, I don't think Dolph Lundgren ever wore a skull on his, when he was playing Punisher. I think he just wore black. Has anyone in any of the movies ever tried to go with the white gloves and boots, or are they basically all uh, just no, decided no? No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. Some things just no, don't you, work. You can't make that work. <laughs> no. And and I I mean I I think 
I think John Bernthal probably looked the best. Although I have to, this is this is as nitpicky as I can get sometimes. But so they they established that uh, Frank Castle was a lieutenant, mm-hmm. and I get that he was previously, you know, had said he previously enlisted and he was a lieutenant. But like he didn't strike me as somebody who would have had the patience for the officer training program. <laughs> uh, not at all. Really, like I'm sitting there, like you know, there's a lot of BS in that program that I can't imagine Frank Castle going along with. Better we're supposed to believe he was a much nicer person. Yeah, that or he was much nicer before. And and maybe he was, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just looking for that pay bump, you know, getting up to LT. Yeah, Yeah, but it was, I I just found it a little, I I found it a little jarring. Like, I don't know if I see him as a lieutenant, especially as a junior officer, but I don't know, maybe. Apparently he did impressions of his commanding officer, and that's, I think, part of the officer training program. (laughs) I think what it is is most people don't actually know what it takes to get to these ranks. So they just say, oh, he made this rank, and people just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I always kind of envision Punisher, and I don't know if it's established in the comics or not. I always kind of envision him as kind of like a senior non-commissioned officer, like gunnery sergeant, staff sergeant, somewhere in there. Um, Maybe a master sergeant. I don't know. But uh, when they said How about a master chief, the master chief, maybe that would be Navy. <laughs> that would not be in the in the. Actually, I was trying for a Halo joke there, and I. I know, but I have <laughs> I to call it. you on it because. Greg knew what you were doing, and he denied you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just reposted that. Like uh, I said, I just said, not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no! That's a totally different uh, service in the Department of the Navy. Uh, so yes, no, that would not work. Yeah, I just it just struck me as like I I just I was a little taken aback. I'm like I I just don't see him having the patience for all the stuff that the officer program people do. Like he'd be like, this is so stupid. Can I just go back? This is a waste of my time. He'd just rage quit. Yeah, he'd basically be like, this is a waste of my time. I'm I I got other stuff to do with my life. Do you have any idea how many people I could have shot by now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, the hand is basically like the whole twist there is Stick shows up in the I the one the one nice thing like I don't like Stick I don't like how he's portrayed here but he had that great scene where he's saving Electra and he's telling like get my tea and so <laughs> he saves Electra <laughs> and finally gets the tea and he's like thank you and he just sips it. <laughs> that made me laugh. I thought that was yeah that was because he's yelling for it like it's so important he's really just like get me tea. I'm, <laughs> Yeah. This is a lot of hard work. I'm going to want to chill when I'm done here. You better be ready. I, I've read a couple of reviews that point out that the um, the whole the, the scene where he's giving the exposition about the we don't know when the chase versus hand thing started exactly was a long time ago. That was a really lost opportunity to actually have like some like a scene from the past, maybe that, that kind of might make us care a little bit more about it other than just him sort of staring blankly ahead for yeah. a minute and a half talking about it. Cause it's I mean, than I, a minute I, and a half. I, I, as, as somebody who just fast forwarded through that scene, it was, that was a good like five to six minutes of just exposition dump. I, I, th- I think it was a mistake too, because I think at that point we're kind of sympathizing with Matt that all this chased hand stuff is a whole lot of bullshit. And then what do they do? They do pretty much nothing to to, to kind of help us out. Like I, I I think the audience would would benefit from actually knowing what the stakes are because the only reason we think that there's any stakes at all is because Stick just keeps telling us and he's not the most likable guy. Right. So well, who are we supposed to care about? <laughs> there's no real emotional connection to the the war going on. I mean, when when the hand shows up and they they're on Electra at six, like we just lost the war. On me, that is completely lost. I'm like, I don't, 
I still don't know what a black sky is, so mm-hmm. I have I have no appreciation for the gravity of the situation other than I think obviously they didn't just lose the war because it's Daredevil and there's two episodes left. <laughs> yeah. You know. But anyway, um so that's I mean that's about the most that we can say for the hand. They didn't really do a, I would have really would have liked to have seen Punisher engage the hand a little bit more at the end, sort of bring the whole thing full circle. Yeah. Uh but I mean, I guess he he was a sniper, so he, he he did what he does best. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about the Punisher story. I'm done. I'm done with Chase versus the Hand. I don't want to talk about it again. <laughs> so the you know, pun- I'll be honest. I feel like the best way they could have done it with the have the Punisher have been the focus throughout like the entire season, and then have it end with Stick showing up there at the end. We have a problem. Cut to black, and then have the Hand and the Chase be next season. But that's not what they did. So it that is, is that is in fact not what they did. I mean, basically, the Punisher was the main focus for like the first three episodes, and then Elektra shows up, and the Punisher just kind of becomes the B story for Foggy and Karen. Yeah, and that was, I mean, it was. I like that Foggy had more stuff to do. What I don't understand is there was at one point, uh, and I think it was episode one or two, where you know uh, they were trying to get uh, Grotto. We never said who played Grotto. Does anyone care? <laughs> not really. <laughs> All right. So sorry, Grotto's mom. We're not going to mention him on Zero Talk. Mom. <laughs> we're sure you're very proud. Yeah. Um, it's just a job for him. We, yeah, we, in fact, we didn't really mention any of the gang people at all, but when they're trying to, like, get Grotto into witness protection, and at one point Karen says to Matt, like, they have this whole file on this guy, they call him the Punisher, Matt says, we need to get as much on him as possible. What does that have to do with your case? Trying to get your guy in the wit sack, and you're like, oh, I think the best way to get him in the wit sack is to get a psychological profile on a person who's hunting him. Like, that's nothing to do with it. it. That's completely outside the scope of the case. I get why Matt wants it. I don't get why Karen just goes along with it. Hmm. I feel like Karen really does follow them, though, like very easily. Lawyer reasons. So I didn't really question yeah. why she would just go, okay, because she, could, she does she, really like them a lot. And she likes to them walk and... into really bad situations. That, too. Yeah. <laughs> So but I looked it up while we were talking. Uh, Michaela Burnett played Grotto. Wait, I don't know what else he's been in. Uh, he was in The Revenant. Apparently, I haven't gotten to see that yet. Uh, and then a whole bunch of single appearances on stuff like Law and & Order. And Anyway, well, I'm, I'm really glad I wasted precious Hero Talk time. <laughs> we'll never we'll have those 20 mom. seconds back. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're, we're not doing another Batman v Superman. I cannot afford to waste this kind of time looking up Michaela Burnett for Hero Talk. <laughs> Yeah, so I I just thought it was it was a little weird why they they made it so important. And then what what really worked for me though was like the whole angle with Reyes trying to cover up the Punisher to try to save her career because it made her one. If she's supposed to be the villain, it worked because it made her completely unlikable. Mm. And it also it painted the Punisher in probably a, a more sympathetic light than he should be, given that. Despite the fact that he's killing the bad people, uh, that's still murder. Mm. And I think I, they did a good job right at the very end, making me not hate her so much so that when she finally does get killed, um, by General Eiling, cause I can't remember the name in this movie. <laughs> yeah. General Wade Eiling crosses universes and kills her. Uh, I still kind of felt bad a little bit. So I didn't really, I was really bored by her. I kind of like, I mean, she was, she was a, a terrible person and I got that. So I felt like she, she had this sort of influence on Daredevil or, and or Matt's character during season two where I felt kind of bored with him too. Like just seeing him kind of go along with her, even though she didn't behave the way he would. It just, I don't know. I felt like it, it, it made me not enjoy watching him either. 
Well, I mean, by the time Reyes really took front and center, uh, Electro was in the picture, and so I just wasn't liking Matt at all at that point. Mm. Yeah, he was getting pulled in different directions by that time of the season, so... Yeah. He was also getting overshadowed by <laughs> the, the one that we all just adored. Yeah, he was also so. overshadowed by, by Punisher. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the the Punisher trial thing, I it was interesting to see, like, Punisher going after Grotto and then, you know, trying to take out the dogs. There, there was that scene... The, the the Punisher and Daredevil fights at the beginning were great. I, I really did enjoy them. I, I enjoyed them better the second time after I realized that I love this iteration of Punisher. Because the first time, I'm like, shouldn't Daredevil really be doing better? Now I watch it, and I'm like, I don't want Daredevil to ever win against the Punisher. <laughs> I want the Punisher to always beat him. So it was it was interesting to watch it the second time through and enjoy those fights much better. But uh, So I bring that up, because after the second fight, when Matt kind of had his bell rung and sort of losing his senses for a while while he was waiting for his concussion to go away, um, he... He chains Matt to the roof, and in what was, you know, we saw a lot of that scene in the trailer, so it kind of ruined the, uh, kind of ruined the impact of it. But you know, their yeah. conversation was really entertaining, and I get that the whole point was that one, the Punisher wanted to kill Grotto. Uh, I I don't know what he would have done if Matt had actually shot him in the head. Like that really kind of kind of ruined his whole plan there. Because they established Matt did have one gun and one bullet in in the gun, so he he did have a shot, but he didn't take it. Yeah. So I mean, but then and I I can even understand like Matt breaks the chains and the Punisher thinks I can stop him or I can take that hit but still kill Grotto. So he kills Grotto, and I and I get I get that. That's way in character for the Punisher. But then while Grotto is dying and Matt's holding him in his arms, it's like the Punisher's like, well, yeah, they're good. I'm just gonna start this thing with the dogs of war. <laughs> <laughs> I got so places he, to be. Yeah. He, so he's completely ignoring Punisher and he's like he shoots their bikes and he's he looks like he's getting lined up to shoot them and he just kind of hangs out and they're all running in the building are you gonna you gonna open fire or something like shouldn't mm. I I'm I'm I am not a former marine recon sniper I will give you that however <laughs> I would think that's probably a position where I would want to maybe take a couple of those guys down and so they just watch him run into the building I don't know what the plan was because he just he ignored that daredevil was there who clearly did not want him to do that and was probably going to do something about it and then he didn't take the shots when he had him like well i don't i don't understand what his game was like i would imagine if i was the punisher and i was you know they talk up his military precision this whole time once daredevil's free you maybe gotta think okay this is not the ideal situation for me anymore (laughs) i should maybe not go ahead with the whole upsetting the biker gang because i can no longer control the variables and as you can saw because you know daredevil chokes him and knocks him out and even while he's choking him he's like well they're coming for you red oh well um, that wasn't a great plan, Frank. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't really know where you were going for there. Yeah. Everyone else, you seem to have a really great plan in place. This one, you did not. Yeah, it's it seemed like a uh, it seemed like a, a scene that was just kind of well something has to go wrong for him here, so we're just gonna have him make a, a mistake that uh, that yeah. takes him out of the fight basically. And and then so it sets up for this this fight that Daredevil has with uh, the gang. And what this felt to me was so much like they were painfully trying to recreate the feel of that fight uh, from episode two of season one. Yeah, in the yeah. hallway. Yeah, yes, totally. But it's not as good. Like that fight was way better than this one. Hmm. It was some interesting camera work and stuff, but yeah, it kind of did feel like a redux of <laughs> of that other one. And with with twice the eyes too, of course. It yeah, more. <laughs> it, it it also it felt like it went long. Like there came a point in time where I'm like I I get what you're trying to do. I don't think this is working for you. Do do I have everybody? Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, mute mute button again. <laughs> okay, goose. 
Hello. Okay. All right. Making sure. <laughs> I, I no. I was just. I think it's interesting. You know your take on it because I. I don't know. I kind of love that scene, but. I mean, it was I good. I'm just saying it's good, but like I watch it and like I can see what you're trying to do, but it's not going to be <laughs> as good as what you're trying to emulate. So you really should have gone for something different. Like the other scene that really kind of felt like that was the scene with with Frank Castle in the prison when all the prisoners get let out. But that one worked because like they they did something different with it. And although, and I I have to say like when the Daredevil when he has the gun like taped in his hand and he pulls the trigger on it, was he trying to shoot somebody or what was what was that about? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 like, I couldn't really figure out what his decision making was in that, yeah, I, <laughs> in that I, moment. I, I went back and watched that moment. I, I have seen it at least a half dozen times, uh, just in the last two days. And at the time I watched it, I did the same thing. Um, he pulled, I mean, he points the gun, he pulls the trigger, and he sees that it's empty, you know, so Punisher's a man of his word. And then he chuckles to himself. I'm like, so what was, what was the point of pulling the trigger? Was he, he wasn't trying to shoot them, was he? Cause he's, he was just talking about how you shouldn't do that. And the best <laughs> I can figure out, and this is just me trying to put some meaning to it, is that Daredevil wanted them to try to engage him so that he could take them out so he wouldn't have to try to chase them down. So he pulled the trigger to show them that the gun was empty so that they'd come yeah. at him so that he could, he could engage them. Yeah. That's as good as guess as any. <laughs> that's the best I got. So. Anyway, I, you know, it was, it was, it was entertaining scene. It's, it's just, it's kind of fun to see Daredevil taking on that many people and, and what is much more compelling than trying to watch him fight the ninjas from the hand. Yeah. And, and a lot less repetitive too, <laughs> because the, a lot of the ninja stuff just gets recycled and looped basically. It, it, I mean, any one of those ninja fights could have been in any other ninja fight. And I, I don't think I would have cared. I mean, there was, there was the one guy that snuck into his apartment and then shot him in the back. So that yeah. did a little bit different. Although that left me wondering, and maybe I just missed this. So when that hand ninja shows up, that kind of says to me that the hand figured out where Daredevil was. So why would they need to kidnap all of his old rescued people to lure him out if they know where he hangs out? Like, am I to believe that that one hand ninja was just, he stopped, he's like, all right. Time to show some proactivity. I'm just going to go ahead and engage yeah. the, the Daredevil. And didn't, and didn't report back. Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess that's back. what we have to believe, though. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I, it seems like he should have been like, huh, so that's where he is. I should go tell some people this. <laughs> Instead of just think, well, I'm just going to go take him out myself, and then it doesn't work for him. I'm like, well, I, I, really... know, I, I get the impression, though, that they're portraying the hands as basically just mindless automatons, though. Like, th th they basically just create hand out of... Out of children that they capture, and yeah, but even even the zombie lead-out children had the good sense to call in once they got free and let everyone know where they were. <laughs> yeah, that's the impression I got of how the hand found them. Is that once they once they killed the uh, that accountant guy? Yeah. Well, speaking of the accountant guy, the scene where Daredevil like takes the thing from him, and then they go up and then they they get the ledger and they try to avoid the other people. That was awful. Mm. That was terrible. I was watching it the second time, and I finally just fast forwarded and said, "I don't want to see this again. This is not compelling to me at all." Uh, yeah. So then, uh, huge scene. So once now the Irish are involved, and, and they're really trying to sell the Irish, and this is being like the the big gang. And I can't remember the guy's name, even though I just saw it. So just insert whatever Irish name you can think of right here. And I apologize to the Irish. When I know it's Patty, I don't know. I don't want to look him up. I don't feel like it. So the, the big head Irish boss who shows up, who just really wants his money. And they finally, they, they get Frank in that, that scene at the carousel, which is kind of brutal. And then there's the torturing part. And he is, 
that was hard to watch in that he he was really hardcore. And then they put a dog in peril, and I was bothered by that. Yeah. yeah. At that point, anything Frank did to that Irishman would have been okay in my book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. What, you know, they're all like, don't kill him. Like, no, Matt, you let him kill them. You let it. They need yeah, to Yeah, Matt, learn. you shush. <laughs> they, they, they crossed a line out there. Speaking of crossing a line, an interesting scene when uh, Punisher was on the boat looking for the blacksmith. Yeah. When, uh, when Daredevil was almost like, all right, so maybe just this one time we crossed the line, even crossed himself when he says it. Yeah. And Punisher's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, once you do that, that's just what you do. You know, there's there's no, I'll kill this one time and then I'll stop. Just ask Superman how that worked for him, huh? <laughs> yeah. Once you pop, you just can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, that was certainly a dark way to take that. <laughs> yeah. I I cannot find the name of that guy. I don't remember who he was. He obviously was not important enough to have his name in here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm lost I on that I too. apologize to that to that man's mother that I can't. You are patio Seamus for the rest of your days. <laughs> That might be a little harsh, Patty O'Shamus. I mean, I'm, <laughs> it wasn't a super Irish name. That was a thing. Uh, I think it was Dutton. Does that sound right? Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. No, Dutton was a different guy. Dutton was the guy in prison that that William, that Wilson Fisk took over from. All right. Anyway, we have wasted too much time on this character as is. So let's talk about. <laughs> there's there's one more aspect. One kind of the 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 little bit of an off episode. And we've, we've, we've hit it a little bit, but, uh, the rise of Wilson Fisk in prison. Like, mm. this felt uh. like it did more to establish him as the kingpin of crime than any of the other stuff he did. Yeah, I mean, at least, uh, and, and I don't know about everybody else, but I didn't think they would go there. I really thought that, I, I mean, I was expecting a cameo, but I really didn't think that we'd get any more sort of Fisk development. So it was kind of nice to see his character move ahead, uh, yeah. even if it was just in the, uh, what, two episodes? Uh, it was basically two episodes, yeah. We had yeah. one where we saw his rise, and then the other one we just saw uh, when Matt visited him in prison. And he just, he wrecked Matt because he threatened Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> Which shows he's mellowing in his old age, because uh, previously to that, he would have just killed him. And then yeah, he'd be all the guards would have said, like, oh, you keep hell or something. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, he's in prison because he could not stand people threatening Vanessa, you know? Like, yeah. he was in a position where he probably should have let Leland Owsley walk, but he decided to kill him anyway. And by doing so, he basically, uh, yeah, yeah, he basically put himself in prison. So, you know, he's, he's mellowed a little bit. It was also interesting that he was the one who let Punisher go because he figured as long as Punisher's out there killing all the gangs, it'll be easy pickings when he gets out of prison. Yeah, yeah, he's thinking ahead. <laughs> he plays the long game. Yeah. And that's why I think it's a possibility that we're going to see someone like a bullseye because I, I, I think the where it's going to go with Fisk is he's going to realize that he needs his own sort of freak to, you know, to sort of uh, counteract Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of fight fire with fire. And I mean, within the, uh, the Daredevil continuity, I think Bullseye's the guy, basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised we've had two full seasons of Daredevil and we haven't seen Bullseye yet. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, as for how that's gonna go down and the character, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just hoping they don't go uh, the movie route. Yeah, I, I don't want him to have a bullseye scar on his forehead, and I don't want him <laughs> to be Irish. Hmm. Although it would make sense if he was Irish, given that you know there's a whole Irish thing going on there. But that's that's really more of the Punisher's issue, and the Punisher really, I think he'd stand more to fight the Russian than than the Irish. Yeah, yeah, that'd make more sense. 
All right. Well, I think I think we're going to put this one to bed, and I believe now is the time on Hero Talk where we have to talk about what our favorite scenes are. Um, and I know some of you have more than one, so we'll <laughs> go with that. So, uh, Goose, I know you had three, and you were trying to figure one out, so I'm going to start with you. What was your favorite part of Daredevil Season 2? I think my favorite scene, I've been going over this all day, I think my favorite has got to be the just, just the conversation between Punisher and Daredevil up on that roof because it did a good job of establishing where Frank's coming from. And like you said earlier, it established him as more than just the PTSD soldier. Mm-hmm. It gave you that his, the insight of why he does what he does. And I like the back and forth between him and Daredevil because it really did set up the two sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The funny thing about that, though, is I remember when I was watching the first couple of, of episodes and they're fighting each other. I was like, what is it about this summer and superheroes just not getting along with each other? <laughs> you got Batman fighting Superman. You got Iron Man fighting Captain America, Daredevil and Punisher. Man, you all need to just sit down and just talk things out. <laughs> that's a problem. Nobody communicates anymore. Yeah. They need some yeah. therapy. So that's your favorite scene, the, the talking on the rooftop? Oh, yeah. But not the talking in the graveyard, because that was a powerful scene. That was on my list, but I decided not to use it for reasons that will become apparent momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then. We're all winking here. Soon. <laughs> Soon. All right. Apparently people were consorting with each other before Hero Talk. No, no, that never happens. We, we do that all the time. <laughs> All right. behind the curtain. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Jen, hey, what was your favorite part of Daredevil? <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, honestly, I do have a couple, couple like honorable mentions of scenes that I really, really loved. Mm-hmm. I loved when Foggy really got to shine in the courtroom yeah. with his statement. I thought that was really, really well done. I liked that he was able to kind of, you know, rise to the challenge. So, I loved that. I loved when we first saw Fisk and realized that him and the Punisher were going to kind of sort of work together or that something was going on. They were going to butt heads. You know, there was just so much tension there between the two of them. And I loved that scene. But ultimately, yes, by far my favorite scene. I knew it the second I was watching it. This was going to be my scene for this season. And it was then in the graveyard. John completely blew me away. He was absolutely amazing as a Punisher. And you guys know I'm going into this basically blind. I mean, before the season started, I was asking Jeff, okay, tell me about the Punisher. I knew nothing about him. And when I heard about him, I thought, I'm not going to like this guy. And in the beginning, I thought, okay, he's kind of a badass. He's kind of cool, but he's still a bad guy. That scene really just blew me away. I was completely riveted, just breathless, couldn't look away from the screen, didn't blink. I was floored. So that's by far my favorite. And the fair, that's a, that is by far the most powerful scene in the entire series. We're being perfectly honest. I, I cannot watch it even, even now without getting an emotional response to him. And again, I've seen a lot of other people play the Punisher and I haven't cared at all about their families until John Bernthal starts talking. He's so good. I yeah. had no idea he was going to be that good. I mean, I saw him in The Walking Dead, sure, and I thought he was Yeah, he, yeah he, good, I knew I but... Shane from Walking Dead, and I thought I was going to get more of that. I didn't realize he was going to turn it up to 11. <laughs> you know. Yeah, completely blown away. All right. Uh, Jeff, uh, what was your favorite part of Daredevil Season 2? Um, I'll give uh, an honorable mention to that fire stare scene, although I do. I am with you that it was a bit over the top and how they tried to kind of rehash <laughs> yeah. the scene from the first one. Um, I was waiting for a scene where Matt finally, and 
And I, we did get it where Matt finally goes to Foggy and says, <clears throat> I'm not going to apologize for who I am mm-hmm. because it means that it, it, when they do eventually reconcile, it's going to be Foggy having to accept that Matt is, yeah. is Daredevil. And I'm getting a little bit tired of the I, re, I realize that things are kind of in fast forward mode because we're only, you know, 13 episode seasons rather than years and years of comics. But um, it is getting a little bit tiresome hearing the, you know, I can't accept who you, who you are type argument. So I think that's going to set the stage for the, that that relationship finally getting to where it the equilibrium it eventually reaches in the comics. Like Foggy, Foggy has always got sort of like wrestles with the fact that this is Matt, but he eventually gets over it. And I'm glad that it's now heading in that direction. So that was good to see. Yeah. Every uh, time not- Foggy talks, I hear Tony in my head going, Oh, it's me and my feelings and emotions. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and look, and, and I, and I say that realizing that Matt's arc, you know, he was tough to, it was tough to be sympathetic towards him for a large portions of the season. Cause he was MIA on his friends, but yeah. still Foggy's eventually going to have to get his head around it. Mm-hmm. And knowing that he, he will eventually uh and now this sort of sets the stage for that was good but i'd have to say uh my favorite just in because i knew where i kind of knew where it was headed the moment that they started setting it up was stick tied to the chair and that and by the way speaking of torture scenes that one was pretty friggin bad too yeah (laughs) the the nails nails all that Mm -hmm. uh but yeah him him whispering so that matt could hear uh even though the it you know the whole sensibleness of the heartbeats and everything is a bit suspect i like the fact that stick was like okay this is how i'm we're going to get out of this i'm gonna talk under my breath he's gonna walk him through this and and stick once he realized that you know it, it's eventually gonna go his way the smart ass came out again yeah. <laughs> like, you guys are screwed basically <laughs> i really like that 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 was you know stick is a tough character to like at times but in that in that moment that was uh that was pretty cool to see uh you know him being trusting in matt's abilities and and working him through that that was that was pretty cool yeah, so I got a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, so one of them was uh, the scene where uh, Melvin finally gives B- Punisher like a, a completed suit. Uh, for those who listened to the last Hero Talk on season one, it really bothered me that he didn't get a chance to finish the suit, and that mm-hmm. Matt was all like, "Oh no, this is this is perfect, thanks." And he walks away. I'm like, um, <laughs> he he just kind of said like, "Yeah, this this might not even protect you at all. I don't really know." Matt's like, "That's ah, a fine. I'm sure it looks cool." And so. <laughs> It kind of it kind of bothered me that he like he never got the suit finished, and so I really like that he comes back in season two and he's like, all right, I I'm gonna need a new suit. And at this point, Melvin's not only gives him the suit he asked for, he's like, I've made some improvements, and now I'm gonna make you a cool weapon too. It's like Melvin's basically saying, all right, uh, you need to get your crap together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, totally. That Billy, that, that Billy Club scene, I was just like, that was fanboy time for me when he saw the whole the, the retractable uh, yeah. zip yeah, and I can all that. Yeah, I that he fanboyed. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool to finally see him do it. And, like, to be the cool. fact that, you know, Melvin just finally was like, so, by the way, here, I, I came up with this for you just because, <laughs> like, because yeah. I read a Daredevil comic and I realized you should have been using this this full time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. Um, and then, so he, when I didn't miss the, I didn't catch this the first time I watched it, but when he hands it to him, he says, Merry Christmas. And at first I thought that was a throwaway line. Now I realize because it was actually Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was kind of weird. Anyway, so happy that happy that he finally got his suit. So that's one honorable mention. The second honorable mention is uh, the pawn shop scene because uh, it really it that. really well establishes Punisher's character. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have walked it, out. He could have walked out. Yeah, he could have walked no. out. He was on his way out. He's like, you know, <laughs> hey, listen, all I want is I want to make sure you don't shoot me in the back. I want you know to make sure nobody knows that I was in here, and I want to be able to listen to the police scanner so that I can do what I got to do to these gangs. But he's about to like say, but whatever else you do is your own problem. And then the guy like says like basically, I got kids, and he's like, okay, well. I can't let this stand. This is gonna be a bad time for you. Yeah. So he yeah. lo- so he locks the door and turns the sign and like the guy's like, yeah, that's what you want. He's like, no, you don't understand. You basically he in his it's almost like in his head there's a limit of what he's willing to to stand, what he's willing to look the yeah. other way on. Yeah. And you just crossed one of those lines where he's like, I'm sorry, I'm a dad. You don't get to walk out of here. No. Uh, so that was, I, that was, you know, I kind of wish that could happen. Uh, anyway, uh, so I like that. Then the, uh, the, the, the one that's going to be finally my favorite scene, uh, and I've, I've already mentioned it more than once, uh, was the prison fight where, where, uh, Fisk has all the prisoners let out of their cells. The intention is they're all just going to kill Punisher. Yeah. And he just, uh, when he just, like, yells and runs at him. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was glued to my screen and I was, I, I, I just, my mouth was just open as I'm just watching him just tear these guys apart and just be brutal and just basically showing, like, I'm, he's more than guns, you know, he's, Oh yeah. He, yeah. he he can handle himself just fine. And, and when that scene was finally over, and even when they throw in the tear gas, and he's not even dropping down, he's just standing there watching. You're like, wonder how many of those guards he took out before they finally got him. You know. <laughs> prior to prior to this, my probably my favorite prison fight scene in a comic movie would have been in Watchmen. But this, for for realism, if nothing else, really yeah. <laughs> top that. I mean, that was this was I I couldn't believe this scene. I was just it it was almost like this after I watched that scene from season one in episode two where i just i i was just kind of mouth the gate going holy crap like that was pretty cool so that was just by threw far. a tv at a guy yeah. <laughs> i think you want to hire the fight choreographer from this series for like all comic book movies ever absolutely yes. i mean i've yes. said it before like that scene from season one that was a cinematic masterpiece that's why i didn't want them to try to top it because you can't Like, you somehow managed to capture perfection. Just appreciate it for what it was, and don't try to match it, because you can't. That was a cinematically perfect fight scene, if there ever has been one. That was it. Uh, I guess so now, now's the time on Hero Talk where we have to give a score to Daredevil Season 2. And, uh, Goose, I'm gonna start with you. What would you score Season 2 of Daredevil? I'm gonna give Daredevil Season 2 two time-traveling frat boys in Hell's Kitchen. I don't even understand that reference. I think I think you should have said college boys. That probably would have <laughs> that probably would have landed. <laughs> nope, over my head. Don't even Matt, care. Fo- Matt and Foggy timeline 2010. <laughs> oh, 2000. The time track. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking there's a Bill and Ted reference in there somewhere. All right. Um. All right, Jen. What What would you give Daredevil season two? Um, I tried to think of something witty and I couldn't, so I'm just gonna give it eight stars out of ten. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Jeff, what would you give Daredevil season two? I'm gonna give this uh, one batch, two batch, penny and a dime out of five. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> come on, man! Did I seriously just steal yours? You seriously <laughs> just stole mine? Oh my god! I thought of that this morning. I was like, <laughs> that's perfect. Oh. 
All right. Well, looks like I'm on the spot. How about, are, you, four, are you in the star camp with me? Four ninjas out of five, Greg, because we know how you love ninjas. No, I don't love the ninjas. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have to give it two scores. I think there were there are two different things at play here. So to the hand and the chase storyline, I give a black sky because <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that, and I don't know what the black sky is. So I think that's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, and to to the Punisher timeline, I give a well conveniently placed, well stocked arsenal. In the back of the shed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks everyone for being on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. If you want to have any more con, if you want to hear any more content, you should check out enthusiasts.com. Uh, we have let's plays, reviews, uh, more podcasts. You can check out uh, Point Streak, hosted by Jeff, and the new Behind the Line Radio, hosted by our own Kinetic. Uh, you can go to our YouTube page, or we are on Facebook and Twitter. You check out the- check us out at Enthusiasts. And until next time, this is Judge Greg saying, one batch, two batch, penny and dime. As uh, Dirk Diggler said, you keep on rocking, I'll keep on rocking. All right. <laughs> I don't know what all right, that was all right. From, lock it up. Okay. Lock it up. We're starting. <laughs>